Hello and welcome to Hangout Cafe, a podcast where we have candid conversations with some truly courageous guest barrister about their life's journey, their triumphs and their defeats. I'm your host, Oluadiaga, and every week I have the privilege of sitting down with these interesting individuals, each with a unique story to tell, with the hope of encouraging and uplifting all who hear. Thanks for joining us today. Okay, so let's get down to the business. Like I was saying, we don't have a lot of role models. And um, reading about you, you've been through a lot, but you've been able to come through. So, Mwima, tell us about your journey to where you are now. You were born many, many years ago. Actually, your birthday is this month, if I remember, 51. Yeah, my birthday is in a couple of weeks' time. A couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's, it's a couple of weeks' time. And... Um, uh, it's it's a big one, but I'm not going to say the number. You can go online and search it out. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, oh, it's a big, it's a big one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I've been told. I mean, I've been my my wife and, and my sister's been asking me for a whole year. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And and of course now they all know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be social distancing. That's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, the journey, the journey's been it's been quite long and and like many people full full of ups and downs you know for, for a lot of us we always feel our downs are more than other people but you know when you when you get to hear people's story you hear that you know they they've gone through just as much as you as you have but mine an uh, abridged version I, I grew up in a in a stable family middle class family um, my mother was a radio broadcaster my father was an academician they they retired to become farmers um, this is in nigeria um i i was the first born of the first son of four kids i have two older sisters okay. um, my two sisters was incredibly bright and so is my younger brother actually and and so my two sisters uh, one went to university at the age of 15 one went to tunbridge wells at the age of 16 wow. um and then i came along and and in my culture the first son is the 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 ding dong you yes. know the right hand of strength you know and yes. and i was i was i was doing okay in school um as expected by you know most nigerian uh, standards an a star student and something just happened and and i became the dullard of the family and it was totally unacceptable so you know my parents the pressure they felt and and you you would understand the pressure if you've had children um so they were you know running helter skelter what's wrong with this boy and and uh they they hit uh, a particular moment where a prophet told them my my spirit had left the country uh, and gone back to London. So, so, and that's what the ridiculous. prophet told them. That's what the prophet told them. Oh, and, you know, it, it sounds ridiculous now, but, but actually, there's still a lot of, uh, I can speak intelligently of the Nigerian community, yeah. uh, the African community. There's still a lot, lot of that that goes on, um, which, you know, when, when people are, people are, uh, desperate, they would, you know, anything makes sense, you know. Wow. Um, so, so my parents, who were very educated people, uh, my sisters were already back in London. They were like, okay, his spirit has gone back to London. Right. 
put him on the plane back to London. <laughs> and, and that was the beginning of, of a nightmare because wow. I, I came back here, I think the age of nine or 10, uh, no parental guide, guidance. I was pushed from pillar to post, from one uncle to another. Right. Um, and I was always surplus to people's requirements. Um, and uh, and uh, on all this, all this also with what was going on with me, mentally or psychologically, yeah. which now we recognize to, to being, I was on the spectrum. Um, uh, and and so my, my learning style was different from other people. And, and then I was going through what boys go through, you know, boys, uh, now we know, you know, boys are a little dreamy for a while, yeah. whereas girls are on it real fast, you know, so all that was was what I was grappling with. And I came here and, you know, um, one of the moments I remember clearly was the age of 12. I'd been kicked out by another uncle. Well, I wasn't kicked out, you know, it just, the man just didn't, he didn't have the capacity anymore in his economy or his, his emotional <laughs> emotional bank to deal with another child. Okay. So he said, you have to leave. Uh, and, and I'm a 12 year old, I, you know, where do I go? And my sisters, uh, they too were still fairly young. They were somewhere in East London, um, but he's, he needed me to leave immediately. Now, I wasn't a bad, I wasn't one of these kids that would fight or I was very compliant, always very compliant. Um, and usually people would say that that's why I'm, I'm such a, such a ruffian now because <laughs> I'm living out my childhood problems. But age of 12, Borough High Street, I remember it clear as day. Uh, I'm walking on Borough High Street. All my belongings are in one plastic bag. Wow. And the bag split. My clothes were on the floor and I started to cry. I'm 12 years old. I started wow. to cry. And you know, as Londoners, wow. everyone just carried on walking. And I was, I was crying. I was, I was, I wasn't, I, was I scared? I was, I don't, I don't I was scared. I was just distraught and went through all that uh, and much more. Uh, and, so and I know you go, when you left. Well, eventually I ended up with my sister in, in East London. Okay. And yeah, because it was, it was Elephant Castlewood lived and I hadn't been able to reach her and I didn't know where she was. Okay. Um, and you know, all this really, anyone listening critically will be asking the question, so hold on, where were your parents? Who were your guardians? Well, my guardian was the one that just put me on the I street. You, out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and and so so those are just some some of the. I mean, there's so much more like that that I can um, that I could point out um, that really it should have railroaded me to a different path. Actually, there's one of my very good. He's like a cousin, you know, very okay. close. Who we all grew up together he ended up in prison for murder and and just 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 this week um we were able to connect again he'd be out soon and he was extremely infinitely brighter than i was uh much more socially connected than i was right. um and and all that but he ended up and so i was a good candidate for that for that treadmill right. uh and and other things um, but thank God for his mercy and his grace. Um, so, you, sorry to interrupt, but 
That's right. I know we can, it can we can easily say thank God, but what was the difference? What made the difference? Why did you turn out like your cousin? So a couple of things. I, I think the first thing. Now that I'm a parent, I look back and I thank God for my parents, because you know, you know, um, we now know with with child development that the 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 core of the child is is really established in the first seven to eight years. Yes. Um, whilst we also understand. Uh, neuroplasticity and the fact that the brain is always growing but in terms yes. of the core of the, of the child by the age of seven or eight it's already there and I think by the by the point by the time I came back here even though I was still the child and still being being molded um, something my parents the, the grounding my parents put in us was was strong enough to right. to 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 hold me together um and then, and then i mean prior to that i'd gone to it was always private schools we went to i, I remember one of the things that made that borough high street moment painful for me yes. was i remember um clearly being in school and being told you are the leader you guys are the leaders for tomorrow um walk tall uh, speak clearly and you know all these things. So how I, I was on Bor High Street thinking this, was this in Nigeria school? In Nigeria? Yeah, this this was this was school in Nigeria. This was Nigeria. before I came came back here. Um, so um and and my experience of school in Nigeria was 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 great. I felt like yeah I was I was on top of the world. And so I think both the the input of my parents and yeah. that stood me in good stead. But then when I got here and and it, and it hit the fan. One of the saving graces of my life was the church because I, I grew up in the Anglican tradition. Uh, but when I came here, I stumbled into Pentecostalism. So I went to a church called the Apostolic Church. Um, and I remember going in there as a, as a, as a 13 year old. Um, I, just, I just went <laughs> I, just, I, I went there because there was a chap who, was, who had known me. He was an older chap. He'd known me when I was in, he'd known my family when I was in Nigeria. Yes. And we had bumped into each other over because I lived just by over cr cricket ground. Okay. And, and he was like, what are you doing? He said, now, you know, 13 year old, I've got on a massive afro on my head. I got, you know, holes in my trousers and my shoes. And he says, listen, um, I got a place where there are loads of girls. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I followed him. I don't know what on earth I was thinking about because I certainly uh, was not a good candidate for any self-respecting girl, let alone <laughs> I was a child. So, but but this was and you know when you talk about mentors and role models. Yeah. So I follow this guy, you know, and he takes me to the Apostolic Church, and the warmth and the welcome of the people in the church. Um, it was it was culturally relevant to me because there were loads of Africans there. Okay. It was uh, uh, in terms of demographic, it was relevant to me because there were young people there who looked well. They didn't quite look like me. They were they were better groomed, you see. <laughs> uh, and, and so they they welcomed me. They made me feel at home, uh, and that's where I met some of my lifelong friends. And that was the key intervention, really. That I'm not sure what would have happened if I hadn't fallen into the hands of the church at that point. 
that was the turning point. That was it tough. was one of the big turning points. It was one of the big one of the big points because that affected that affected then my my worldview. Uh, it shaped my worldview. It shaped my education. It shaped my my sense of uh, uh, of belonging. Shaped my view on, on my thinking on hope. Uh, it helped me to dream. It helped me to see that there was a future for me, um, and and actually that that environment spurned some of the some of the great leaders we have in this country. My my then um, youth pastor was Les Isaacs, the founder of Street Pastors uh, oh, and okay. Ascension Trust. Uh, then my the, the the like an older brother to me. This guy he saw me the first time I come to church. Right. Someone said some someone someone. Uh, took the mickey out of how I looked and I, I was I was about to rush him and knock them down and this wasn't like this wasn't how I was brought up okay. but there was you know I'd grown anger and rage had grown inside of me I was going to fight and this gentleman saw me he knew what was going to happen he picked me up with one hand and carried me <laughs> into the church uh, and his name is uh, Reverend David Shoshaya who's one of the oh, leading yes, names of me you know, so there's people like like him. There's there's people like uh, Bishop Michael Royal, who's uh, 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 one of the uh, leaders of the Cinema Network. People like that. All, we were all in the same environment, and they they became a huge impact on me. So the the, the impact and importance of positive role models, I can't overstate it. It's yeah. because how can you be what you can't see? Mm. you know and and they I, even though where they are now is not where they they were then yeah. but still the picture that they showed me showed that my brokenness wasn't the definition of me that it was just a process and and my future would be better that's what they told me they reminded me of what i was told as a young younger child that you are uh, you are a leader for tomorrow mm. uh, and walk so talk so behave so mm. you know uh, so so it was a big whilst there were many turning points that one was a big junction in in, in my journey okay so talking about role models and um, mentors because i'm big on mentors so what is the challenge that we have now with the youth in the nation what I think one of the big challenges, I, I'm, you know, I, I know you say you 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 say the lack of mentors. I, I think I may disagree slightly. I think it's the visibility. I think the system uh, oh. doesn't often allow us to see who they are because popular culture is mm. so dominant mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, and, and affects what we see and how we see. Um, I, I, for for example, that church that I stumbled into, yeah. um, there were people in there who nobody knows their names, mm -hmm. but they were powerful in in terms of helping me reshape my reshape my my view and reconstruct my broken mind. Right. And, and I think uh, just in our churches alone, I mean, I'm very familiar with Jesus House yeah. because of my relationship for many years, and I can. Uh, I can count at least 10 names mm. who are significant role models in that place, just that place. Yeah. Now, the problem is because uh, there's no visibility past our local assembly, right. they're not regarded as as significant. Mm. 
So now, uh, because Her Majesty the Queen says, okay, for your work done in the music industry, Muiwa, I'll award you an OBE. Because of that, Sky News, BBC News, everyone is jumping to speak to me. And then people become, some people become aware of my journey. Uh, and they say, oh, you know, he's a good role model. Now, it wasn't that I wasn't there before. It's just the visibility. Yeah, yeah, you know. So I think a big problem, and this is why this a conversation like this. And so thank God for social platforms mm. that's defranchised a whole load of things. Thank God for a moment like this where you give the opportunity for conversation on your platform, so that a constituency who may not know become aware of other role models. Yeah. So 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 I my, my thing I think the answer to answer the question. I think it's a problem of visibility. I think there's there are enough role models. It's it's visibility because the storytellers more mm. often than not tell a story that's not in congruence with our total reality. Because mm. those who have the power to tell the story tell a story of a certain type of black man, of a yeah. certain type of a Nigerian man, yeah. of a certain type of African man, mm-hmm. of a certain type of Christian man yeah. that you and I know that actually that's not the totality of our story. And so if we don't have the power to tell the story, well, whoever tells the story and it's on Netflix, that's the reality. Yeah. Yeah. But thank God that uh, God is allowing the, 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 and the community is allowing the opportunity for more storytellers to come along to say, no, actually uh, we're not all, uh, in the same way, a certain constituency are not all child molesters. We're not all armed robbers. We're not all knife carriers. We're not all fraudsters. We're yeah. not all bad leaders. You know. <laughs> okay. So, talking about visibility, is there anything that the this positive role models can do on their own? Is there anything they can do to become apart from? Okay, I know. Hopefully, we'll have the platform, various platforms like this and other platforms. But is there anything, can they be more intentional about going out there in the community? What do you think? Absolutely, absolutely. For me, I think sometimes that the challenge we have is we, we are looking for, uh, and it's, this, this is rife, not just in our community. It's, 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 uh, it's the, uh, the get-rich-quick uh, get famous quick culture where <laughs> yeah. or, or what more more often than not what you're looking for is the big platform it's the big yeah. so 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 i mean <laughs> i laugh because i remember some conversations just in my head just now and you'll be party to this how many times have you had people call your husband or come to you to give you a CD to say to give to your husband so yeah, they can yeah. get on the stage yeah. of Festival of Life. Now, yeah. these same people, they haven't done their own, they, I mean, do small churches, do, you know, mm. reach out to the people around you, mm. but, but we want to go for the big thing first. Yeah. So I would rather jump on oh, this, and this is our thinking, I'd rather, let me just get that five minutes on Geo stage, on Daddy Geo stage, that will solve all my problems. You know, I would rather have five minutes on BBC World. Yeah. You know, I would have then. I mean, what am I doing talking to some 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 youth club, some small kid in the youth club? And and so so I think 
with those who, everyone who has a positive uh, story to tell, mm -hmm. start with your world, mm -hmm. which may just be a circle of five people. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't try and rush to the, uh, the feet of Sadiq Khan. Because that's it's not just if if you change your world, yeah. I change my world, and my world could just be five people, my world could just be three people, your world could be ten people. The world becomes a better place. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so, so so I think I think we are we are we 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 fall foul of the uh, and, and if if allow me to borrow from my Christian worldview, we fall foul from the spirit of the time and and the world because we want to be. Uh, we want to be insta-famous. Yes. yes. Yeah, we want to be, even as role models, we want to be uh, instantly the next uh, Stephen Covey. We want to be instantly the next Tony Robbins. We want to, to be the next John Maxwell. Yes. We just want to be it right now. And and so first, let's let's deal with our own, our own uh, motivations, mm. you know, uh, and then just focus on just just your world the young people around you uh that that you have access to daily what's the point of talking to the nation if the kids you have access to daily you're not talking to them you're yeah. a fraud yep 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 so you, you're gonna get me get me, get <laughs> no, me please, go on. <laughs> control no, myself no, it's so Ooh. true though it's so true <laughs> Yeah, it's, feel, it's so true. I my toes tingling. <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> so, so, so I, I really think, I really think the the first step for us um, is if we can, if if we can deal with it on on the local level, yeah. uh, and 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 not just the when we say local level, not just you know local to Brent, local mm -hmm. to me. I mean, mm -hmm. for for me, uh, to be able to to affect. I mean, I'm intentional about the young people, my, my, my nephews, Lola's sister's sons, yeah. when those boys come here, they're young, I forget, they're, they're, they're very younger than mine. My, my youngest is 10 now. So maybe they're like six and four or seven and four. Okay. When they come here, I sit them down. I sit all the boys down, 12, 10, 6, 4. I sit them down. We have a discussion. I ask them questions. Mm. Say, right. So, so we talk about we we explore worldviews. We ex explore the ideas around friendship. Mm. We we explore the ideas around around uh, 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 about around wealth and money and and the place of it. Um, we explore the idea around being what is a real man. Mm. Though they're boys, but they they are they are men in there, and it's it's fascinating what the, what you hear these kids say, and and I do it because I know. That then this is my house. Yeah, I'm not gonna leave it to some person outside for them to. Now, if once things get hard, then we have to get in community yeah. where I can bring in Uncle So and So or Cousin So and So to 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 mold them. But yeah. right now, I, you know, when we finish talking, the last time we finished talking, yeah. the youngest one says, "No, no, he's the older one, Fee uh, Fulwa." He says. Uncle Moiwa, you're the best uncle in the world. Wow. And I felt, I felt 200 feet tall. <laughs> because, and, and that for me, that's where it starts. Yes. Where we, we positively 
uh, impact on it's not when they've done they've done something wrong at school That's now we start running helter skelter yeah. no let's start building building the blocks now uh and so we don't have to bring an intervention later yeah. and imagine if i'm doing that in my house uh, the next door neighbors doing that in their yes. house yes. when the kids come over uh, their thinking is already shaped that listen we are great men mm. and we 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 are we expected to behave a certain way and and not just to behave right but that i have a duty of care to you to treat you a certain way just and and all those things just be, before we get to to the idea of commerce or to the idea of money because typically we 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 rush the idea okay we need to teach them trading and teach them this but actually you know you know the the wealth that we we have in our community is not so much the pound sterling it's us yeah because at the end of the day uh, yeah. it's not your work that speak for you it's people that speak for you yeah you know so 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 there's a there's an old professor of mine is the founder of Rock School. Rock School is the biggest uh uh school for 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 music outside in in the world right now. It's, he's the big, biggest one. And I remember um talking to him about schools when the boys were still younger because I was exploring all sorts, Eton, St Paul's, you know. He 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 went to St Paul's and he was saying to me, "But why would you want the boys to go to this kind of school and we we thrash it through?" And I remember he said to me once, he said, "You know the boys really don't have to go to Harrow or any of these." And I said to him, "Um I said, "Why do you say that?" He said, "Well, you know, cuz it's hard, it's difficult, da da da." So I said, "Okay, let me ask you. When you took over your mum's school cuz his mother owns the oldest school in Kew or used to until okay. it was bought by hedge fund re recently. Okay. I said to him when you took over that school and you quadrupled its economy and you revamped it where did you get the money from he said the bank I said I bet my bottom dollar that the bank that you went to the manager or the people at the top you went to school with them he said yes yeah, funny you say that I said okay so I said so I said so, so I said to him you know what it's it's who you know and who you in community with and who speaks for you yeah. not how good your business uh, argument was and he said well you have a point mm -hmm. at that point he said you know what i think you got a good idea let the boys <laughs> go where they want to go so my point being that uh, we we focus on the things sometimes when let's focus on the people and not just the people outside focus on your immediate network and yeah. because we have similar values yeah. similar ethics whether whether with the bible whether with the community uh the we when we see each other we connect yeah because people connect with same people they have the same values with mm -hmm. and that makes us a network and so we can you know i'm going to stop rambling <laughs> sorry <laughs> Do you know what that thing you said about the school is so true because i remember when my son was going to go to um secondary school there's another school that I've accepted him. But one day the headmaster of the school, um, age group actually called us and said that he thinks that your boy should go to Harrow or I can't remember the other school. So like why he said because the truth is in this nation it's who you know that matters. <laughs> Honestly, he was what he actually said, don't worry, I'll and um I'll get you the form, you just go and apply blah 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 and that was the difference. So wow. I really understand what you just said. It, it's so it's so true. <laughs> so true. 
seeing you drink so I say you're not rambling that's 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 helpful because you know I do have a, a, a I have a, a problem being lacoche sometimes just you know <laughs> no you're definitely not rambling definitely not rambling and guys if you've got questions for Muiwa please put it in the question box he's willing to answer lots of questions um there's a question there how do we get the mentors to start local at this crucial I don't understand that I think it's probably answered that how do we get the mentors to start local at this crucial i don't understand the question but please if you've got questions please put them in the question box and again you know when you were talking i remember something that i was watching <laughs> i love steve um Harvey. i was watching one of his shows um yesterday actually and at the end i thought you know boys i don't think boys have actually ever been taught how to date <clears throat> a lot of times we say to the girls oh this is how you behave but i don't think people actually call boys and say do you know when you meet a lady this is how you treat her very few people i'm sure you're probably doing it now with your boys but i think it's something that we also need to intentionally do with our children not only boys but girls i just teach them how to speak to people how to treat other people there's so many things that we have to do instead of you, yeah go on it's 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 uh, and it's so true and and the the reality is and the sad reality is uh living intentionally um not many of us do it and this is one of the things i mean our churches get bashed for preaching certain messages but actually thank goodness for for certain, some of our churches where you're taught to live intentionally yeah. uh because because if you're just you just go adrift and it's made worse by the society we're in because of the pressures uh the pressures of life mean everything is 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 urgent the bills you have to pay are so urgent you need to do those extra hours which means you have less time to to spend with the children the the pressure to be a certain type is so urgent that you go and get a job which means you have less time with the children when actually if you stop and say you know what actually i shouldn't i shouldn't I shouldn't work I should stay at home it means I mean up to be able to buy the Louis Vuitton that the whole crew wants <laughs> yeah. or have but I'm I'm investing in what my 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 mother introduced me at the early age to the, to the to the uh to the to the idea that me and my sisters were houses she were building mm. uh and so so, so and, and which is one of the reasons why it, it was yep. so it was so painful that her my mother or her my father went around at this moment because for me whilst i understand some of the struggles and tension between uh, the 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 discussion around empire and these things yeah. so when when you're talking about office of british empire uh, there's some tension there i understand that but at the same time i wish they were around so they can see uh, some of the uh, uh, fruits of their labor yeah you know uh, and, Sorry, and how old me, were they when you how old were you when they passed on oh i was i was 26 when my father passed away okay and i was uh i think i was about 30 when my mother passed away okay okay uh, but both of them my father i from the age of 9 i hadn't seen him uh, so when you, you seen him when you came here at night and you didn't see him till I didn't see him because they 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 had gotten into that that school of don't come home uh there are people trying to okay kill you trying to yes. do you spiritually that's why we had to extract you and so at the age of 26 I thought 
if this Jesus I serve can't keep me, I'm sorry. So the very year, the very uh, month I planned to go back to Nigeria to see my father yeah. was when he was assassinated. Oh, so I never actually got to see him, you know. Um, but, you know, uh, the, the, I, I, I lost my, my train of th thought slightly, but... Um, You're talking about your mom and um, the things she had instilled in you. Yeah, I can't remember your question now. <laughs> this is not supposed to happen. I was, oh, okay, yes, I said um, about teaching boys how to date. That's how it started. Yeah, and, yeah. So, 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 so for me, I, I think the, the living intentionally becomes a challenge for us because we allow the pressure of, of, of culture mm -hmm. to, to dictate our lives. So we would, we, we, because of, I know so many people, so many people who are so, they're so pressurized to, to have the things that they're working themselves to death. I mean, my wife has conversations with some people sometimes uh, because my, my wife is a stay-at-home mom. She went, poor thing, when she got pregnant with our first, um, she stopped her acting career. And we decided, we decided, and we, we talked about it, that she would focus on bringing up the children. It was real difficult. I mean, still sometimes she, she, she would have a moment where she would she'd feel like maybe she's, she's missing something, but then we will see the results with the kids and she'll be like, you know what? But she will talk to uh, some friends, some associates who would be lamenting to her yeah. about how unhappy they are that they're working and they can't spend time with the kids, etc., mm. etc. Et but they don't want to give it up because of the car they want to buy or the holiday they want to have. And, and so we are missing the opportunity to input into our children because we are allowing our lives to be dictated by the things we see yeah. in other people. You don't know, you don't know what the other person has gone through. You don't know whether their family had a trust fund for them. Yeah. You don't know whether they matched the credit card. All you know <laughs> is they're wearing Balenciaga. Yeah. And you think, yeah, I want one of those. Yeah. And so you go and kill yourself to get it. And your children are suffering for attention. Then they go and look for attention with somebody else who happens to be a drug addict. Yeah. And then they start on the journey of that. Then we rush to church. Please pray for them, be delivered. No, you pray for yourself and stop the treadmill. Slow down and focus. You know, And, and these are some of the things which, which I'm real passionate about. So with, with my boys... I mean, I, I try not to make comments about people because I've seen people who, when I was growing up, had a lot to say about other people's children. And I'm watching their kids now, I'm thinking, wow, what happened? You know, mm. So I've made up my mind, I'm gonna try and focus on these boys. So I sit down with my, my sons, my 12 year old and my nine year old, and I read with them, I read with them, uh, uh, making friends and influencing people. We, we discuss the idea of, of of what's what's friendship all about okay. you know discuss the idea of actually when you meet people it's not just all about you no. uh, know the person's name and find out what they're interested in yeah. uh, and these are some of the the things that 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 begin to help shape a boy's mind to realize that when he gets into a relationship uh, but, i mean we just just today i went for a walk with them yeah. and we had a discussions about how you treat how you when when you when you see uh, when you see auntie so so and so, um, how do you talk to her? Why do you talk to her like that? Okay. But the, the one thing I, I noticed with these boys is 
they're watching all the time how I treat their mother. Yes, yes. And I, and, and I, I tell you a funny thing. <laughs> in, in my house, we don't do, we don't do arguments. We, you know, our, our, our aggression is, is channeled different ways. So when, when you get in bed, everyone face, faces, the, faces their own direction, you know. <laughs> but but, but, um, but there are times when Lola and I will, 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 will have a laugh and we'll, do, we'll, we'll play out some Nollywood acts. Okay. Hey, you, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I notice without fail, these boys will come down. And so many times it's happened, especially the second one. Yeah. He will go and he will just stand in front of his mum. <laughs> looking wow, at me defending his mom <laughs> and I'm you know I'm looking thinking look, look at this look at this tiny tiny thing I'm, I'm bigger than you but he, <laughs> he, he'll stand straight in front of the mom just looking at me wow and the older one will come in and say is everything okay <laughs> so already they they've learned that actually um, it's not the place of a man to be aggressive towards a woman a woman yeah wow you know, and so so there's, those are some of the things that they 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 they're learning as 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 they as they growing up, and you know, for me, you know, mentoring is it has to be intentional. It has to be. It's something that we all have Forgive to. Forgive me, I'm going to move while we're talking because it's telling me my battery is almost dying, so I need oh, to wow. plug some power. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's live broadcast, people. It's okay. <laughs> so I'm with you. And I love, there was something you, I read one of your interviews and um, you said, the most important choice I made was to take responsibility for my own life and not to blame anyone or anything for my shortcomings. Mm -hmm. Do you stand by that statement? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's, I was just having this conversation with my um, two members of my team yesterday at Premier. Okay. Um, and I was saying to them, first, I encouraged them to read uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits. Oh, so yes. The book that I read when I was like, 16 yes. or 17. Still, still, still love the book and, uh, because it's so useful. And I, I was saying to them that, you know, for me, and this is an idea that's straight from Stephen Covey. So if you ever hear anyone use it, it's not theirs. It's from Stephen Covey. <laughs> um, the, uh, there is a gap between stimulus and response. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, and I, I was quite crude with my, with, my, uh, this, with my analogy with them yesterday. I said, if I slapped you now yeah. um, and you say, you will upset me. I said, I didn't upset you. You made a choice between me slapping you and how you were going to react. Mm -hmm. And it took them a minute to, like, what do you mean? But well, you just slapped me. Um, and, and I think uh, when you get to it, you realize, people realize that it's true because, you know, someone's upset you yeah you're mad as a hatter at them and then one of your good friends call or someone that you want to impress calls yeah. and all of a sudden you're all smiles <laughs> you made a decision at that point that it was better for you to appear to be in a good mood than to 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 be found so, so that means you have control over it yeah. so for me i made a choice there were so many things i could blame i could blame parents yeah. i could blame environment I mean, I, th there was one, one point where economically things were so bad and my sister had a boyfriend who was older, you know, he was a great looking guy, was, you know, he was a suave guy, was, I, you know, but I, I loved him, you know, and 
And at one stage, you came back into my life. And at that stage, he was doing fraud. Okay. Now, uh, he, I mean, he didn't come and say, I'm doing fraud. He just, he just said, I've got, you know, I've got this thing I do. You know, all you have to do is take this credit card and go into this bank. And, you know, and now here I am, um, I'm in my early 20s. And I'm, as preachers will say, I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. And here is this person, again, this speaks to the need for the right role models around you. Here's this person I looked up to. Yeah. And he's about to show me this game, this game where I could make money. Now, uh, in my heart of hearts, I knew it wasn't right. But the reality I faced was that you needed, I needed some money. Yeah. And he was showing me a quick way. You know, thankfully, in the end, I, I didn't make the move and I, I, tell you, I tell you another one actually Westminster University I just finished my music degree no I was, I was coming to the end of my music degree again economically things were just not what they were supposed to be or what we'd been told they would be yeah. and I was on the train when one of my uh, fellow students uh, handed me this this paper it was an article I think it was in a telegraph or one of those about about um male escorts and he <laughs> says he says wow look at that read it so i'm reading this and i'm i'm saying wow you could make money and all i'm thinking about is making money because mm -hmm. the pain of poverty was biting me hard mm -hmm. now uh the the thing that that stopped me in my tracks and you may laugh at this i thought ah, imagine if you got a client and it's someone that knows your mom you are dead <laughs> At that point, I thought, bad idea. Mm -mm. Now, all this I'm telling you, Mrs. Adiaga, I am in church. So, so, so I, I was saying that um, it, was, it was a thought of my mother uh, that stopped me from, from making a bad decision, though I was, though I was in church already. And I think um, I had good reason to make all sorts of decisions. I have good reason to blame, I have you know, loads to blame for why this didn't happen, why that didn't happen. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I realized that, um, you know, it, it's not only futile. I'm like, I could quote loads of books, I could quote loads of people, but at the end of the day, you would rather put your, your life in somebody else's hands. Mm -hmm. I mean, in God's hands, yes. And, and I'm not suggesting that I'm saying I'm in control of my own life. Um, but, you know, I think it's cowardly when you, all your problems is other people. Mm. It's cowardly. It's cowardly. Mm. I mean, uh, yeah, I have a particular situation I'm dealing with at the moment where a gentleman made a decision by himself. Yeah. Uh, and he was hoping that um, other people will talk him out of it. And they didn't. And he's facing the consequences of it. And now he's flapping around Living. saying to everyone, I'm, you know, I was victimized. When it, you made the decision, Negro. Your choice, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I live by that. I live, I live, by, I live by that. Not only in my, in my relationship, um, in my life, um, the, way, the way we are at home, um, you know, the, the way I... I the way our relationship is, if something is not right, that's not Lola's fault. Mm -hmm. I take responsibility 
for it because it's it's easy for me to sink in my feelings and say, mm, yeah, well, you know. But actually, you know, there's two there are two of us in this. Yes, absolutely. You know. Yeah. But let, let me stop rambling for a second. Cause <laughs> no, you're not rambling. Why do you keep saying you're rambling? <laughs> you're not. I'm, I'm just ner <laughs> I'm nervous. I talk too much. <laughs> no. Okay, well, we've got lots of questions. Let me see. Um, uh, what do you think the future of UK gospel is? That's one question. Oh, that's easy. I think the future's bright. You know, one of, one, of the, one of the fascinating things about this moment, as you know, everybody was doing a live because I guess everybody had something to say, which is one of the reasons I, I decided I wasn't going to do, do live. So uh, there were, the live um, broadcasts I was doing were few and far between, mm -hmm. even, even now. Uh, and and it's, it's interesting because I had a discussion with uh, Israel Holton a couple of days ago, and he said exactly the same thing. He said, ah, he didn't want to do any lives because everyone was doing it. And I said, Is, isn't it funny how, but he said, he said, you know, but we have something to say. I'm like, yeah, you might say that, but you know, you know but anyhow, um, during this moment, I saw a lot of people doing lives, doing analysis of what's not right with UK gospel. What do, and you know, I watch and every single one of them, I'm sorry that I saw there's probably only one person amongst them that was actually doing something of significance wait no no that's a lie two people amongst the ones that i saw that's doing something that's of significance and they were they were invited to be on the panels one of them is Noel robinson for almost 30 years Noel robinson has been going at the helm of it another one is a young young man called ayo Oyerite. they call him ace uh, he is a musician, producer. So when you see BBC do the proms, the gospel proms, yeah. he was the one that brought the idea to life. Oh. Everybody else, they're either um, doing session music for some artist somewhere or some... Okay, another, another one that was of significance in some of these conversations I've seen is a young man called Matt Brown, the son of Nicky Brown. Okay. Most of the others... They haven't done they haven't done this so you've got people who it's like it's like how <laughs> how people who have never gone even to sunday league they know what oh, yes. Mourinho, Mourinho must do yeah. they know exactly what manchester united must do yeah people who have never even started a fellowship they know what aguruku and shalal adiaga must do because i mean this 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 is how it must be yeah uh, so so for me I think to answer the question, uh, I've, I've gotten off my chest now. I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> to answer You've the question. You've been dying to say that. <laughs> UK gospel, the future of UK gospel is bright. Um, I, I think it just, it, it, it's bright because what are the elements that make uh, um, uh, any, any sector viable if we're talking in business terms? Yeah. It's, it's, it's supply, it's demand. Mm -hmm. The demand is that our churches are not looking for Drake's next hits. Mm. Our churches are not looking for Nicki Minaj's next hits. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, one of the things I, I, I know people do a lot is they, they now start take saying, well, but the church is small. F compared to, let me tell you, one of my old lecturers, uh, Michael Riley, and, and, and you know, uh, I have to be honest, I, I'm talking like at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, man, you're talking too much. You no! should let me say, yeah, no. Go on, go on. My, look, everybody's been saying they enjoy me, they love this life. So please go on, go on. So one of my lecturers, thank you by the way. <laughs> one of my lecturers, his name Michael Riley. Michael Riley was the founder of Reggae Philharmonic Orchestra. Mm -hmm. Michael Riley was the man that produced 
uh, Return of the Mac, and other big hits. Yeah. Michael Riley saw me years ago at Waterloo Station. He says, what are you up to, young man? He's my lecturer. And I said, oh, I'm working on a record. Now, the record I was working on is the record where I have, um, uh, what's his name? Kevin Bond, the Grammy Award-winning producer, uh, doing, doing stuff. Helen, do you want to say hello real quick? I'm on a live broadcast. Come and say hello. Hi. Hello. How, How are, are you? I'm good. Good. What's your name? Uh, um, the name's Lonnie. Oh, Lonnie? Is Oluwaloni Chibwe, is it? Oh, Oluwaloni. Okay. Goodbye. Sorry, sorry. I, I didn't see you. <laughs> Goodbye. Carry on. <laughs> you told me to carry on. Okay. <laughs> have his permission to carry on. So, so Michael Riley says to me, he says to me, um, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm working on this record. Now, the record I was working on, Kevin Bond, Grammy Award winner. I mean, the record was num number five in the world music charts. But you know what Michael Riley says to me? He says, says, you know, you gospel guys, you know, no one's paying attention because you do it in a small, small corner. And I understand what he was saying because comparatively, gospel is a small genre. Okay. But I don't do gospel because I'm trying to make a hit song mm. or I'm trying to make some money. Yeah. If I want to make money with music and I will go and do pop music. Yeah. Uh, and and so 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 when people um, talk about uh, the success of gospel, sometimes they're talking commercial success, which is why you'd see some gospel artists they would rather go to uh, BBC One Extra than to Premier Radio. Now, the the argument they would put is, oh, um, this is reaching the audience I want to reach, the, the those who are not saved. Okay. And there are some people who are like that, but yeah. actually. For a lot of them, it's about the numbers. Mm. Oh, that's a bigger platform, mm. you know. So for me, one of the reasons I say the future of gospel is, is is bright is Jesus is still saving people. Yes. Uh, you might say the church is dying, but I believe in a Bible that says that God is coming for his bride, which means the church will continue to grow one way or another. Yes. Yes. Uh, the music for for the saints will continue what I think is still needed yes. now you can now define gospel in different ways because you could go everything from Governor B uh, to to uh, uh, Tasha Cobbs to Gabriel Aziashi it's all different sides of Limo Blaze yeah. but there is demand for it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there is supply yes. in the crudest form so the future is the future is bright gospel music okay let's take another question um what has been your biggest achievement to date and why Ooh, <laughs> my biggest achievement to date and why <sighs> my biggest achievement to date will probably be for me um a home where there's shalom mm. And two sons, and yeah, and two because you know you can have you can have all the money, and, and if there's no shalom in your house, the money just yeah. evaporates away. You can have important. all the fame yeah. at some stage that's evaporated by the upheaval in your home. We see all the. I mean, we just saw it with Carl Lentz. I mean, yeah. and for whatever people want to say about blame him, whatever you know. He, he was a renowned, famous pastor, mm. but the upheaval in his home. My brother, Israel Houghton, same thing. I mean, we were just mm. talking 
I mean, now he 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 he's this is a man that's traveled the world. His thing was to be on stages, play to hundreds of thousands of people. Where now, having done that and gone through brokenness, he's now like, you know what? I'm just grateful that I'm in a peaceful house. Wow. That my heart is faithful to God and faithful to my wife. You know. Uh, so for me, my biggest achievement, I think, is having a home that's peaceful where there's. Uh, can I totally say there's nothing broken, nothing missing? We, we, we're, we're not perfect, mm -hmm. but being able to, to have two sons who, um, who, can, who look at me and look at Lola and say uh, they're proud of us. Wow. wow. To have a nine-year-old during the lockdown where we don't have church meetings, no crusades, no power nights, who comes up to me and says, Daddy, I want to talk in that holy language that you and mommy talk in. Oh. Like, what are you talking about? We, we discover he's talking about speaking in yeah. tongues. Yes. Yeah. To, to have two sons that I can sit down with and talk to them about the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. about the, the friendship of them, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And, and they want to experience him. And for us too, as, as a family, go through that journey of introducing the children to Holy Spirit and them receiving the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in wow. tongues without anyone playing music, without any, let's build this up. For me, that's success. That's, that's my, so far, my biggest success. But I do appreciate, I appreciate the fact that for five months, our album was number one in the jazz and blues charts. I appreciate that. I have the opportunity to do a, a TV show that 70 million people watch daily. I appreciate the fact that, you know, every year over 10 million people call after I prayed on that show. They yeah. call the phone line to give their lives to Christ. Whoa. That's massive. That's massive. But for me, what use is it if yeah. after all that in my own house, I walk in and my wife slaps me on the head with a pot? <laughs> My children call me all sorts of names mm. and I can't effectively uh, be positive influence in, in my own form, which it takes us back to what we were saying earlier on about mentors, yes. where we're, we're busy looking for the big stage yeah. when actually start in your world. In your world, yes. You, your world, your world, your world, together, the world is taken. Wow. So my, my biggest success, I would say, is a home that's peaceful uh, and those are my reasons whoa and that's oh wow i wish a lot of people would listen to this because that is so true no it's true because for a lot of people it's the i mean i'm so you don't know how happy i am that you didn't say oh it was something that um something to do with your music or that of course we know that those are big achievements but the first thing you said was a home that's peaceful and your children yeah wow. I mean, I say it to people all the time. They ask me, oh, how are you able to do so much? When you, when you do this, you do that. Like, I say to them, if it wasn't for Sister Lola, we're not going anywhere. Yes. Which so. plane are you going to get? <laughs> yes. If, so. if she now says, sorry, I'm, I'm, I've got to do my hair and mm. you can't go nowhere. Mm. What, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and so, so, so for me, I mean, this is, this is one of the reasons why some of the, some of the, 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 the things and unfortunately and people will be we might be shocked at this there are games that people play even in ministry mm -hmm. uh music ministry or preaching ministry and and things they feel they must do to to keep up appearances and and thankfully 
because my focus was slightly different, I, I decided early I wasn't going to get involved in those things because I could have gotten involved in so much more yeah. that would mean I was constantly on in the public eye in certain stages and doing certain things and being seen with certain projects. It, it's so easy. I mean, okay. and my friend Israel did that for many years. And, it's, and you know, he said to me in our conversation, he said, we were talking about a certain, a particular ministry and a particular uh, project, uh, uh, which, I mean, the pe people the world over are killing themselves to get onto it. And Israel said to me, he said, I'm over it. He said, it means nothing anymore. I'm over it. But this is a stage people are still, they, they would kill. I have seen people lie to get, on it. to get the attention of the people to get onto that stage. What for? You know, but for them, that's so for me i mean it, it's it has cost some things in some ways but i would rather oh god i would rather i would rather be able to sit now i'm not saying i'm the perfect husband because the only I, the problems we have in this house usually come from me you know they come from my village and my head just goes mm. your village people are still Ah, yes, yes, still the West, the West, you know, God help us. <laughs> Thank God, Pastor Matthews from my village, so we can usually go to him for some prayer. <laughs> but, but you know, I would rather uh, have a home where where there's no acrimony because I know together we can do something. You know, together we can we can we can we can break some stuff down. But to be out there and come back. The money you make, you're gonna spend it doing divorce. So what's the point? Divorce therapy. God forbid bad something. And then then you pass that on to the children. Yes. Yes. Who then have psychological issues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and it just becomes self-perpetuating. Mm -hmm. And and then uh, let me know. Let me let me stop because I'll just keep going. <laughs> Okay, let's take another question. Um, okay, you mentioned your mom, your son's Igbo name. Are they part Igbo? So um, I, this is this is an interesting one. I um, on on my maternal side, in my family uh, is Igbo, and and I I gave the boys Igbo names because the Yoruba side is just so loud it drowns everything out, and a significant part of my journey, of my of my life, uh, is that Igbo side. So I made sure the boys had Igbo names, so the story was never forgotten. Uh, because if it wasn't for the Igbo side of the family, I think I may have been lost in the vicissitudes of life. Um, but that, that side came to rescue in a very strong way. And so I, I made up my mind years ago, because just by nature, the, the Yoruba side is just so dominant. Yes. And so, yeah, just, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um yes can you can you start a big brother mentoring thing like they have in the u.s or does one exist there already yeah there are there are mentoring schemes that that exist again it's it's it goes back to what i was saying in terms of uh visibility um so so there is a uh there's one that I actually sent my sons to, okay. um, which is in East London. And of course, everyone is in lockdown now, so you won't have access to it, uh, which, which specifically dealt with black boys um, and, and specifically dealt with uh, uh, mentoring them 
and 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 helping them with their with their confidence and and addressing some of the uh, issues they might face in the world. So so there, there there are quite a number of things that that go on and that that there are. I mean, some a lot of suffering now because of what we have in terms of lockdown. Yeah. But there's so many, um, and and you would find interesting enough, you'd find that a lot of our churches have yeah. these schemes in them, but it's yeah. just the visibility. Yeah. yeah. You know? So maybe so maybe that's that's a project for for us to work on where we we have a, a platform where we 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 just you know we we put together all the different projects for mentoring whether it's for black boys whether it's for christian boys whether it's for just people generally uh, of a certain uh, vista just so that we know that it's here in one place something to look at mm, okay um another question that something that just crossed my mind you know with black life um, black lives matter and all of that yeah have you ever had a conversation with your boys oh yeah in black and all of that and the thing oh, that yeah. the encounter. Okay, what did you say to me? Even, even before, even before Black Lives Matter, we'd had that conversation. Okay. Let me tell you, when when the f conversation first started, yeah, they were much younger. I had taken them to a park. Now I live maybe about ten minutes from where Stephen Lawrence fell. Okay, and so I am in the car with my two sons, and we're talking, you know, maybe six years ago. So Loni, the oldest one, was only six six years old okay. um and i um we finished the park um i'm about to drive off i'm trying to maneuver the car to turn in in the uh in the road and there's another car coming at least 500 yards away okay. and he's coming real fast now of course if you're 500 yards away you can see the person's trying to turn in the road yeah and he comes comes and then he gets close to me and it pulls up, get out of the effing road, you effing nigga, effing nigga. Now he's raining at me. Yeah. There were children in his car. And it was so disturbing to me. I thought, first of all, I thought, wow, the people who killed Stephen Lawrence, they're still in this area. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this is where I've been bringing up my children. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, so I had to explain to my son what that was all about. Mm. and explain to him that there will be some people who would have uh, not so good things to say about him because of his color, but it's that the problem is not him. The problem is they need education. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I gave him a little bit of a history lesson about our family and where we were coming from right. and the fact that actually um, who his granddad was, who, who us at, as Africans are, Okay. And I told him, we have problems, but we are not our problems. So that conversation started very early, and, and it goes on now with the boys. Um, uh, yeah, it, go, it goes on now. But, but what, what, I, what we do, Lola and I, is we, um, we let them know some of the realities of the environment they're in, but also some of the realities of their own history and their own family. Uh, and and we keep them exposed to role models that look like them yeah. uh, a great deal because then they realize that actually uh, yeah I'm not I'm not the negative story some people might say you know that they, or they see on the news sometimes yeah. about black yeah. boys have you ever as a person have you ever well I'm sure you have but um, can you think of or tell us about any significant racist or racism that <laughs> <you're experiencing? laughs> 
Let me tell you, Mrs. Idea, I got. Um, let me. My only experience of knife crime in my life mm -hmm. was because of racism. Oh, okay. I was maybe twelve years old. We had a next door neighbor. This is one of the. This is, I think, the second or third uncle that I lived with whilst I was in this country. Next door neighbor. So I'd be playing with my next door neighbor's children or child. Yeah. One of them who was about my age, I remember saying to her once, oh, can you be my friend? I, and honestly, I had no inclination of a girlfriend. I didn't know what that was. I wasn't coming from that sort of environment. Yeah, not many hours later, her brother, who was then 18, and the cousin, yeah. who was however older, they were much older than me, okay. turned up in front of my house where I was standing with knives in their hands threatened me and said, if I ever effing speak to their sister again, now they're my next door neighbors. <laughs> if I ever effing speak to their next to their sister again, they would cut me this way, that way, that I was wow. frightened. I was, I was traumatized by, it. of course I said yes. And I never spoke to her again. <laughs> that was, age 12 maybe two years ago and now i you know i mean if just <laughs> you know there's so many i could tell you but let me tell you one from, from two years ago two two occasions first occasion um i'm driving down old kent road i'm coming from premier radio yeah driving down old kent road a car comes from behind me right to yeah. overtake and honestly i didn't accelerate or try to outrun him i just kept going he crashes into the side of me, right? Now, it yeah. sounds ridiculous, but this is what happened. Crashes yeah. into the side of me, yeah. and I stop the car. So I'm pinned in. I call the police because oh. he comes out of the car, and he's railing abuse, this middle-aged white man. Railing abuse, you effing black, this black, that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. If, if I come out, it's the big black guy that's the problem. Yeah. So I call the police. When the policeman arrived, yeah. now, don't forget, the car is paying me, me in yeah. on, on the driver's side. So to get out of the car, I have to climb over the driver's side to the, to the passenger side. Yeah. But I stayed in the car because I didn't want any problems. Yeah. When the policeman came, yeah. there is a white guy shouting abuse outside. I'm sitting in my car saying nothing. He comes to my car, to my side of the window. Yeah. I who called the police saying, get out the car, mate. Whoa. I'm like, officer, you realize it was me that called you? Get out the car now. Ah, okay. So I said, officer, would you kindly tell him to move his car so I can exit the car? And so when all this happened, I said, this is, this is all way before George Floyd. Wow. Check my Facebook. You'll find it there. I turned on my Facebook camera. Whoa. So... He, he's now going, and I said to him, officer, I said, I'm getting very uncomfortable with your tone and your approach mm -hmm. because I called you and your tone and your approach is suggesting that I'm the aggressor. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's now saying, no, well, it seems like you're... I said, well, you, that, you know, I'll leave that for you to judge because mm -hmm. you're the police officer here. Yeah. But I was, I, was, I, was, I was distressed that the assumption when he came and that's not, that happened twice. Because he said There's another occasion. Another occasion. Again on Old Kent Road, further up. I'm coming over the, the, uh, the flyover, and I see a man on a bike. He's riding his bike to my left. 
and there is a no he's running but he's in front of me to my left is a bmw racing okay. and i'm looking i'm thinking oh my goodness this is about to end badly and of course within time the bmw it hits the man on the bike the man goes flying i scream jesus 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 i pull my handbrake i instinctively jumped out the car i ran over and by now people have now gathered and, and, and that was the, the time where I, re I realized how morbid people are because people just gathered to watch. Yeah. Like, what are you watching? The man's life is ebbing away and you're watching. So I called, a, I, I told a guy, a white guy, I said, please call the ambulance immediately. As I'm doing that and telling people, please step back, give him some air. Someone's trying to move him. I said, don't move him, please. Let's wait till the ambulance comes. And some, some not long after that, um, police arrived, armed police who I guess they were in the area, they arrived. And some white guy came down and he said to the policeman, he said, yes, it was him pointing at me. What? He did it. Yeah, he said, he did it. I saw him from my window. Wow. And you know, immediately the policeman shunted me to the side wow. and said, mate, what happened? And I said, officer, um, I think you'd find that the people that hit the, the two guys that hit him, now they, they're shaking. They're standing there shaking. I said, they're over there. I'm just trying to help. And you know, this guy wouldn't hear me. He kept on pressing until the white guy who I told to call the police or call the ambulance came along and say, officer, it wasn't him. It was these guys. And at that point, I thought to myself, now, in future, if I see this happen again, do I stop? Mm, you wouldn't want to. For the, for the danger of being accused as being the... the, the the culprit yeah. when I was just trying to help, you know, so, and I could, I could go on and on. I could, t I mean, let me tell you one more. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I know we're, we're not, we're not out of time. So Premier Radio, yeah. we, uh, recently, this is all before the lockdown, Premier Radio hires out the studios to a film crew from the BBC to come on film. They come. Now I told my team before the management team, I said, listen, when film crews come, they're like an army. They lock down the scene. You can't, but we are live radio studios. So you need to let them know before they come that we are live radio. We need the flexibility to be able to work. And everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't listen. When the film crew did, what did they do? They locked down the place. So now even the head of news couldn't get in the studio to read the news. Yeah. So a couple of times I had to read them the right act that, listen, guys, you can't do this. Yeah. And I think that must have rubbed some, pe some people up the wrong way because on that crew, the only black person in the crew was a young runner who's the, the bottom of, of the pile. And, uh, and so I, I remember at one point, maybe like five hours into their day, a guy came out. He wasn't one of the producers, uh, probably one of the production hands, but, you know, he, he came out, he had his walkie-talkie, and he says to me, he says, oh, you remind me of someone. Now, when he said that, he said, I, I, you remind me of someone from the BBC. So now, the uh, the uh, uh, egotistical side of me thought, yeah, I mean, I only did five seasons on Songs of Praise. <laughs> I mean, you must have seen me on Songs of Praise. The 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 humble side of me thought, yeah, he must mistake me for Kamala Dumont because I'm big and black, black, I wear glasses. Yeah. Then he says, the guy says, oh, yes, I know now, he says. He says, remember when there was a guy that came into the newsroom and he was brought in by mistake. He'd come for a job as a cleaner. 
but they put him on air by mistake. You remind me of him. Wow. Now, if you remember the episode, it was well, it was well publicized. If you remember the episode, the brother that they brought on, yeah. he is a fair-skinned black man, had hair on his head. <laughs> his face was was more like, you know, your 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 shit face rather than my over face. But some kind of way, this guy says, I remember him, I remind him of the cleaner wow. who missed his way on wow. the BBC. And so, so, so he, he, and it's, it wasn't, it, it, it gets worse. So I said to him, yes, actually, I'm the cleaner here. <laughs> now, the office manager is standing next to me and she's trying to say, and I'm waving to her saying, don't say anything. I said, I'm the cleaner here. Yeah. He said, he turned around and said to his crew, he said, oh, I thought so. I told you lot. Wow. So I just carried on walking, went back to my desk. <laughs> and, and for some people, that's, you know, that's not a thing. But the fact that when he looked at me, all he could see was a cleaner yeah. who had missed his way in an environment where it was me that hired the space to them. Oh, Lord, how messy. <laughs> I, I could tell you more stories, but I, I, I would, I would, I wouldn't incite so any ridiculous. anyone to. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It is, and and that's the that's the reality of the experience we have. And let me tell you the the the, the saddest part of it. Mm. It's, I mean, the the microaggressions and and so they're so much more pronounced in a Christian environment. Really, that's the reality. I could tell you stories uh, of 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 stuff that's happened. Uh, with uh, some of our choirs. And when I say our choirs, yeah. I mean Jesus House Choir, experiences that they had that only maybe a few of them. And I remember, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, um, your niece. Yeah. Right? Uh, I'm going to tell you, we, we sang together for many years. And because of some of the experiences, we, I, would, I, would, I would coach them and say, listen, guys, this is how we deal with this. And, and they used to say to me, oh, come on. There's one particular, one particular, case study they'll be like come on come on you know three years later after she experienced it with your choir jesus house choir she called me she says oh my goodness what you've said was so true they experienced it in technicolor what there's happened? one one of one of the great church leaders of this country yeah. who uh they had invited me to their event yeah. uh, and and for unfortunately for a lot of us um when we were invited to outside of our community, we see it as great validation mm. because, oh my goodness, I've just been invited to an all-white church. Yeah, yeah. And we, we see it as great validation, yeah. as though uh, a black church is less valuable, but that's a different discussion <laughs> at a different time. Uh, and, and so I was, I was backstage and um, ready to go on to, they had me sing and speak. And I said to this gentleman, I said, oh, um, oh here is, uh, I gave him one of my CDs. He looked looked at my hand, looked at me. He said, um, "Give it to her. It's it's that her sort of thing." Who, who was this? Another black a black person or something? Wow. I, I mean, and I could mention names, but I don't think it will help anything. No, no. You know, we'll just go straight down, you know, Daily Star newspaper angle if if we did that. But the reality is, in church, it's more pronounced, which is why we need mentors we need people who who look like us mm. who can tell us that actually there you are of value 
I, actually, you, you're, you know, you, you are great. Actually, you're, no, you're not the narrative they speak mm. of you, you know. Wow. Oh, Mrs. Adeaga, you got me. You got me talking. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Wow. This has actually been amazing. Wow. Let me see. Um, I think that's it. All the other questions, you've probably answered them one way or the other. Wow, what well, thank you. Thank you so, so no, much. Thank you. You're such an inspiration. You are really an that's, inspiration. That's very kind. No, you okay, are Forgive me, man. Some, someone called Izzy Okoje said, you said your father was assassinated. Yes, he was. Yeah. Uh, and it was because um, my father was, was a Muslim, uh, became a Christian. My mother led him to Christ. His name was Kayode Karim Olariwaju. Uh, but he was hard into missions. So he was uh, aiding uh, ministries like Bishop Dahoza's ministry, uh, Bishop Walioke's ministry. And his particular adeptness was being able to uh where a church had difficulty with with properties with land he, he had the adeptness to be able to come in and solve those problems and he did for a number of ministries and there was one ministry he did it for where uh, certain muslims came to him the imam actually came to him and said listen uh if you don't stop you we, we will kill you and we will wipe your name away from the face of the earth uh, and my father continued and they did as they promised they would and what's incredible for me is they promised to wipe his name of faith away from the face of the earth. Uh, and yet his name, Olari Waju, has been heard oh, all over the earth right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a bridge version of the story, uh, Izzy Okoji. Hopefully, hopefully that makes sense. What's how, how, you know, you always introduce yourself. Is it, um, how do you introduce that? Oluwalumule, Wadibai Olari Waju, Shalom, Chinjubwala. Please say it again one more time. <laughs> Olariwaju,いしょら。おもちんじょごんら。おもびおれんこれじゃん。あの、レストで。オッケー。オッケー。オッケー。オッケー。オッケー。オッケー。オッケー。オッケー。オッケー。オッケー。オッケー。オッケ
Thank you. We'll, Thank we'll you. make sure we watch that YouTube video because I want to hear the full story. But please do, please do, please do. Please so, do. guys, thank you, thank you. Let's give him a warm, warm, oh, oh, well, not just warm, appreciation. Let's tell him how much. I know I've seen loads of people saying this has been good, inspiring, blah, blah, blah. And it really has been. And everybody has been saying that mentoring thing for young boys. So, Uncle Muiwa. Yes, but. Something has to happen with this. Seriously. No, but I, I will. I will actually get in touch with you offline because um, I'm into mentoring. I don't know if you know that. Um, we have. We, I run the mentoring scheme at Jesus House. I have um, a mentoring association where, where we actually train mentors too. So yeah. um, I will get in touch with you offline and let's see what we can. Because it's something that I believe is so important, and every yeah. single one of us should be in a mentoring relationship at any point in time. Anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. But but please thank. Let me say thank you to to all your followers uh thank you for affording me the time because it's a it's a big thing yeah. to give such a chunk of time i mean i've noticed the numbers have been just high all the time as you've been talking so thank you and 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 we um, say thank you for giving us your time we know you're a very busy man so we really yeah. do appreciate you know, it e even the unemployed say they're busy in london <laughs> <laughs> And that's it for this week's episode of the Hangout Cafe podcast. If you like what you heard, don't keep it to yourself. Share with a friend or acquaintance. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you get notified as new episodes are released weekly. Catch you on the next one.